This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who are watching at this time, and I would like to encourage you to continue to watch today as we discuss a question worthy of our consideration at all seasons of the year. Now, you may wonder why did I mention seasons of the year. Just stay tuned. I think it will be apparent. I hope that you will. We appreciate those of you who are watching today for the very first time. We want to also thank those who watch every time that we're on the air. Now today on Getting to Know Your Bible, we're offering a free Bible correspondence course. Thousands of people already over the world have already received this course and are studying it in the privacy of their homes. And uh, we want you to have it as well. Now that you might know more about the course, that you might know how to receive the Bible course, let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580 or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'll be reading from the 116th Psalm beginning in verse 5. Gracious is the Lord and righteous, yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple, I was brought low and he helped me. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee, for thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, therefore have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. What shall I render unto the Lord for all of his benefits toward me? There are certain times of the year that people's minds think about certain things. It is in the month of November every year, that, that people began to think about such things as being grateful or thanksgiving. There isn't anything wrong with setting aside a certain day to give thanks to God, but really every day ought to be a day of thanksgiving for all people. I want us to notice one passage from the verses that I've read that contains the question that is appropriate for all seasons of the year. What shall I render unto the Lord for all of His benefits toward me? This is a personal question. The question is not what 
do I think other people ought to give to the Lord or to render the Lord? What should the rich render to the Lord? But it's intentionally personal. What shall I render unto the Lord? You know, living the Christian life is, is personal. It involves a personal love that the Lord had for each one of us. In Galatians 2 and 20, Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, that makes it personal, doesn't it? Personal love. There are some personal requirements that, that are ours. No one can be a Christian for you. On the day of Pentecost, when the people asked, what shall we do? They were told, repent and be baptized, every one of you. In other words, there was a personal responsibility resting upon every one of them. One day there will be a personal accounting of our lives to the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5 and 10 makes that clear. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. This is a personal question. What shall I render unto the Lord? What shall I render? The word render means to give, to yield, to surrender, to contribute, to dedicate. You see, the question is not, what do I want the Lord to do for me? But the question is, what do I want to do for the Lord? What do I want to give to the Lord? What do I want to yield to the Lord? What do I want to surrender to the Lord? What do I want to contribute to the Lord? What do I want to dedicate to the Lord for all of the benefits He has given me? Well, what about those benefits? What are the benefits of God? Psalms 103 and verse 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. So what are the benefits? Well, first of all, he, there are some spiritual benefits that the Lord has given. In Ephesians 1 and 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And so there are those spiritual benefits, those spiritual blessings that we have from the Father. First of all, there's the gift of His Son, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, we cannot imagine the gift of God's Son. I can't imagine it. That the, the great love that God had for us, Romans 5 and 8 says, but God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 8.32 says, He spared not His own Son, but He delivered Him up for us all. He gave Jesus for us, the gift of His Son. And it, it, is, it is in His Son that we can be new creatures. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. It is in Christ that there is no condemnation, Romans 8 and verse 1. It is in Christ that we have redemption, Ephesians 1, verse 7. 
It is in Jesus Christ that we have the continual cleansing of our sins as we walk in the light, 1 John 1, verse 7. And victory is to be found in Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57. Yes, what are the Lord's benefits? There's His spiritual benefit, the gift of His Son. And there is the gift of the incomparable church for which our Lord died. It is heaven sent. Paul in Ephesians 3 says that it was according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Some would have us to believe that the church was in the afterthought of God, but it's not. It was according to the eternal plan, the eternal purpose of God Almighty. And then there, it, the church is blood-bought. In Acts 20, 28, Take heed unto yourselves and all the flock, over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God which hath purchased with his own blood and it is spirit-filled, and it is glory-bound. So what are his benefits? Well, there's the gift of his Son. There is the incomparable church, and then there is the Bible, which is God's final, complete revelation to man. It reveals God. It reveals Christ and the Holy Spirit. It reveals what we know about heaven and what we know about hell. It reveals the origin of man and the origin of sin. It reveals the scheme of redemption. It reveals the church. And the Bible supplies every need that we have. Listen to Paul. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. It supplies every need. There's a message in the Bible for every mood. When we are discouraged, when we are weak, when we're joyful, when we're in despair, even when we're dying, there is a message for us. And there is power in the Bible. It is, a, it is from studying the Bible that one receives faith. Faith uh, comes not as a result of a miracle, but as a result of our studying the Bible. So then faith comes by hearing, hearing by God's Word, Romans 10, 17. There is power in the Bible to save us from our sins, James 1, 18 and verse 21. There is power in the Bible to convert the souls of men. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul, Psalms 19, 7. There is power in the Bible to make us alive in Jesus Christ. And we ought to thank God every day for the gift of the Bible. And then there are the promises of God that are described by Peter in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4 as being exceeding great and precious promises. They're not just promises, they're precious promises. They're not just great, precious promises. They are exceeding great and precious promises. And God keeps His word. He is not slack concerning His promise, 2 Peter 3, 9. Man is so careless about keeping His promises, but not God. Listen to some of those promises. Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord to them that are the called according to His purpose. 
Listen to 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. Casting all of your care on Him, for He careth for you. And listen to 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 7. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanseth us from all sin. Listen to Luke 6, 38. There's another great promise. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosoms. And so that's one of the great blessings of God, one of those benefits, the promises of God. And you know the worth of a promise is no better than the integrity of the one making that promise. Our God is a God who cannot lie, Titus chapter 1, verse 2. And inasmuch as He is a God who makes promises and He cannot lie, I know that He will fulfill every promise that is ever made to man. And then think about another of those spiritual blessings, and that's the sustaining hope of heaven. Jesus said, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. That's one of those blessings of God, the sustaining hope of heaven. So there are the spiritual benefits we receive. And then think about the physical benefits of God. James 1.17 reads, Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. What are some of those physical benefits of God? Well, what about our family and our home? Our companions are gifts of God. Our children are gifts. Mother Eve said in Genesis 4 and 1, I've gotten a man from the Lord. You, she re realized that God had blessed her with a child. Psalms 127 and verse 3 says, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. So our family, our home is one of those physical benefits. And what about our health and our happiness? If you're experiencing good health right now, what a blessing God has given to you. Those physical benefits are they're the physical necessities that we receive. God takes care of us at all times. You know, Jesus said, If God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is tomorrow, is cast in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye little faith? And then earlier in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, I want you to think about the birds. He said, now, those birds don't go out and harvest a out in the field, put it into a barn, and God takes care of them. He feeds the birds of the field. Will he, and if He will feed the birds of the field, will He not take care of you? He said, are you not much better than they? So He takes care of the birds. He takes care of the necessities of our lives. For example... In John the 6th chapter, verses 5 through 14, Jesus fed a group of hungry people. He fed a multitude with just the lunch from a lad. 
In 1 Kings, the 17th chapter, God fed Elijah with the ravens. In, Matthew, in Psalms, the 78th chapter, in verses 24 and 29, we learn that he supplied Israel with manna and quail from heaven. There are some of those physical benefits. Think about the, the beauties of nature. Isn't it a wonderful thing? In the fall of the year to see the leaves as they turn all of their gorgeous colors, it seems as though God has one of the most beautiful paintbrushes in all the world because that is gorgeous to see those leaves as they turn. And then in the springtime, when the flowers begin to come up out of the earth and eventually they begin to bloom, all of the different colors of the rainbow, and we have the beauties of nature. And then I want you to think about your freedom that you enjoy. If you are enjoying freedom, the freedom to worship, the freedom to have a home, the freedom to go about your business, the freedom to, to even vote for the person of your choice. What a blessing. What a blessing indeed. You see, God has blessed us. He has benefited us. But now the question that we are considering is, what shall I render? What shall I give unto the Lord for all of his benefits unto me. Suppose a friend gave you a new house and a car and then turned around and gave you a check for $100,000 and said, all of this is yours. And then that friend asked you for a small favor. Would you deny your friend's request? You say, of course not. Not after all this friend had done for me, I could never deny that request. In light of all that God has given to us, there are certain things we ought to render, to give, to dedicate, to yield, to surrender unto Him. We ought to render our love to God. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments in John 14 and verse 15. And, and we're not to love the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. We can't love both the world and God. Something has to go in our life. In Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, 37, Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, with all of thy soul, with all of thy mind. We're to love God. And we are to love our fellow man. Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine: Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And our love for others comes out of our love for ourselves and our love for God. Render our love to God. Now what does it mean to love the Lord? First John 5 and 3. This is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not grievous. So render our love to the Lord. Now the question we're asking, found in Psalms 116, verse 12, What shall I render unto the Lord for all of His benefits unto me? Let us render our time to the Lord. Peter, uh, rather Paul in Ephesians 5 and 16 says, Redeeming the time. For the days are evil. We ought to redeem the time. We ought to dedicate time to the Lord. And suppose that we began to dedicate just 10% of our time to the Lord every week. Think about how actively involved you would be 
in working for Him. We are to render our ability. You have, we have so many people that have so much talent and ability, they need to render that unto the Lord. Why waste it? Why waste it in something that will, has no redemptive element in it at all? Why not render your ability to the Lord? And there's our money. We're to render or give our money back to the Lord. It is His to begin with. And Jesus said, if you will give, it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. He promised that, and He will keep His word. We ought to render thanksgiving unto the Lord. In the 116th Psalm, in verse 17, the psalmist said, I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving. How thankful we ought to be, not just one time out of the year, but we ought to be thankful every day of our lives. We ought to be thankful that things are as well with us as they are. We ought to be thankful for every blessing that God has bestowed upon us. For why, have you ever thought about this? If we're not thankful for what God has done for us, why would God want to give us anything else? In Philippians, the fourth chapter, verses six and seven, Paul wrote, be careful for nothing. But in everything, everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So we're to render thanksgiving unto the Lord. First Thessalonians 5.18 says in everything give thanks. We may not sometimes see a reason for giving thanks in certain circumstances of life, but Paul said be thankful for everything that happens to you in life. Be every, thankful for everything that comes to you in life because out of it something good can come. We ought to be thankful. The Apostle Paul was a thankful man because Paul was a thankful man. And he tells us in Philippians 4 to pray with thanksgiving in our hearts unto the Lord. And we have to think about all of the blessings that have been bestowed upon us. And when we think about those blessings, when we meditate upon those blessings, then it causes us to have a heart of thanksgiving. I want to call your attention to a psalm that most people will recognize immediately. It's the 100th psalm. And it's only five verses. Let me read them to you. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him. 
and bless His name. For the Lord is good. Did you hear what he said? For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and His truth endureth to all generations. Oh, that's a great psalm of thanksgiving. Render thanksgiving unto the Lord. But then we ought to render our lives. Have you given your life to the Lord? Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Matthew 16, verse 24. We read about the Macedonians in 2 Corinthians 8, 5. This they did not as with hope, but first gave themselves unto the Lord. The first thing we ought to give to the Lord is ourself. Dedicate ourselves to the Lord, my life to the Lord. He made you. He gave you life and breath and all things, Acts 17. And inasmuch as God made you, inasmuch as your life is in His hand right now, inasmuch as He gave you the, the air that you're breathing, all the blessings that you see around you wherever you are, wherever you are, God gave you those things to use for His glory. Render your life to the Lord. I'd urge you to do that by becoming a New Testament Christian. Believing on Jesus Christ as being the divine Son of the living God. He's declared to be the Son of God with power. Romans 1.4 Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Matthew 16.16 16. Do you believe in Jesus? You say, well, Brother Lambert, yes, I believe in Jesus. Well, let me ask you a second question. Are you willing to repent of your sins? To turn away from the sin in your life? Acts 3.19 says, Repent and be converted, that your sins be blotted out. There is no blotting out of our sins unless we're willing to repent of them. You say, well, Brother Lambert, I'm willing to repent of my sins. Yes, indeed. Well, are you willing to confess that you believe in Jesus? Would you confess it before men? That's referred to as the good confession in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and 12. And as a penitent confessing believer, then would you allow someone to baptize you in water, a burial in water, for the remission of your sins? Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, for what reason, Peter? For the remission of sins. We repent of our sins and we're baptized for the remission of our sins, for our that our sins be remitted, that our sins be removed, that our sins be washed away in Jesus' blood. That's just what the Bible teaches. Would you do it? Would you render your life to the Lord? I want to encourage you to do so. And may I, in the last moment now, encourage you to visit the Church of Christ in your community. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you, is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, 
Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles. <laughs>